Hello there, this is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. Amen. Hallelujah. Please turn your Bibles with me quickly to Second uh, Kings 6. Second Kings 6. And uh, I haven't got a long time to do this, but I trust God that in the 20 minutes or so that I've got before Reverend Steve comes in, someone here will be encouraged. Now, this is a passage that is well known and taught, but I trust God for something new here for you. All right, let's go. The Bible says in 1, from verse 1, it said, And the sons of the prophet said to Elisha, Behold, now the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. So let us go and pray. We pray thee. Let me change mine to New King James. There's a reason why I had it in Old King James. I'll make a reference later. See now, the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to Jordan. Let every man take a beam from there. So the thing about leadership is every man take a beam. Everybody does something. No matter how small, how big, everybody can do something. There's leadership in you. Amen. So he answered, okay, go ahead. Another thing you got to see there quickly, I'm not going to go back to this point, that's why I'm mentioning them, is you want a leadership that releases you to try new things. Uh, it's, there's nothing wrong in trying new style, new ways, and I thank God that we are in that kind of place where you are not curtailed, where you, are not, you are not limited in your ability to, to create things. So you see, Elisha said to the leadership, he said, go. Then one said, Please consent to go with us, with your servant. And he said, okay, I will go with you. Now, again, what you see there is not a leadership that abandons. So leadership that, of course, delegates and also oversee. That's another quick point you see there. These are no things I want to talk about. I just wanted to pick up on this point as we go. Again, he says, so he went with them. And when they came to Jordan... They cut down trees. They didn't just sit around and hope, <laughs> by the blood of Jesus, I hope all these trees will be cut today. God, let souls be saved. They actually did the work. They cut down trees. But as one was cutting down the tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. And he cried out and said, Alice, master, it was borrowed. So the man of God said, so where did he fall? Where did he fall? And he showed him the place. Please note that. He showed him the place. He said, I don't know. This is the work of the devil. I don't know how. I don't even know what happened to the accent. He just, I don't know. No, he said, this is where he fell. Part of what you got to learn as leaders is we got to know how to locate where things began to go pear-shaped. 
Every time you listen to the news, we're told, oh, coronavirus started in a place, was found out in a month. That's part of what we are meant to do. We should be able to be mature enough to pick, pick out things without feeling bad about it. So he says, he cut off a stick and threw it in there and he made the iron float. Therefore, he said, pick it up yourself. Another thing to see there. I'm pointing these things out because I'm not coming back to them. Pick it up yourself. And so he reached out his hand and took it. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you because you are a loving father. We thank you, Lord, for gathering us together this morning to bless us, to enlarge our capacity. So, Father, give us this day our daily bread. Feed us with the food that is necessary. Lord, we've gathered as your servants, young prophets that were represented in this story. Every one of us, we have gathered at this place, Lord, to cut beams. Grant unto us the wisdom and the ability to cut right, so that your name may be glorified. Whatever is missing, whatever is lost, Father, help us to gain it back, that indeed it shall turn to praise. In Jesus' name we pray. The title of my message this morning is Painful Laws Turned to Praise. Painful Laws Turned to Praise. Now, when we look at this scripture in chapter 6, it actually follows a previous, I mean, this passage, chapter 6, follows a painful time in the ministry of Elijah. There has been an unfortunate incident that happened in chapter 5. A prominent member, a prominent associate of the ministry of Elisha had just been baptized with leprosy. Because Gehazi was one of the leading prophets, young prophets, known by other people. And news had gone out. He had become leprous all over. I want you to understand that that carries a weight in any ministry. In any ministry. Now you must understand there's some people who know a little bit and not a lot of people knew. Some people might say, well, it serves him right. That guy is always poking his nose in what he doesn't know. But what is also interesting is that most of the time, the people that don't know are the ones that are many. Reverend Etienne, please make your way to the front. Please come over here. What happens most of the time it's people don't know the details of what occur and they will conclude as a matter of fact people will say did you hear it was actually the prophet himself that cursed him who wants to be in a ministry where the prophet cursed his associate did you get it now because this was exactly what happened in the story and most of the time, I know not in this church, in some other churches, people will form their own faith story. They will conclude after all the years that Gehazi had been working with him, he ended up leprous. What kind of a man of God is that? 
So you have to know that the mood in the camp at this time is one that actually could be very, very sad. Because a good man, a man who everybody knew, carried the staff of the prophet on a dead child. A man who everybody knew the prophet could call upon any time. Now he's leprous. <laughs> that was exactly what happened before this story. But there's something interesting. No matter what news people carry, God always have his own news. <laughs> what the enemy had planned, expected, to literally to a failure of the entire system, a collapse of the ministry of Elisha, God used it to turn around things. The falling off of one, or should I say the self-disconnection of Gehazi in the system, led to the motivation of the entire young prophets. Because what happened in this passage never happened before. The Bible said in chapter 6, it was a young prophet, they looked at themselves. Why should we sit around and mourn? Why should we sit around and complain? Let us expand our capacity. I pray for somebody here today. That the falling off of anyone will not limit your ability to create, ability to function as a leader, ability to excel to higher levels. He was never in history. I mean, I can understand Elisha say, okay, guys, I want to go out and do that. But no, they came to Elisha. They said, sir, all we need from you is to just, so just give us a word. We are ready to go. So that's the first thing which you will see in the story here. Actually, the falling of one led to a springing of new mindset in leadership. One of the things that you must know in your teams is that it doesn't matter who has left you? It doesn't matter who has said, you know, I'm not doing it again. That's not the reason for you to now go on the sleep mode. Whether in the church, whether in the place of work, whether at home, you must know that you carry an assignment and your own obedience can actually affect another person. Don't let it be the negative one that the falling away of one leads to the falling away of many. That's the first thing you must know. It's a new day. Now many times when we read the Bible, we are fascinated by the miracles of what God did. Wow! The baby actually came back to life. Wow! The eyes became open. But many times that's good. But as leaders and as students of the Bible, what God wants you to actually do when you read the Bible, enjoy the story. But more importantly, friends, God wants us to study the people of the story. He wants you to learn from the state of their mind. He wants you to learn from the kind of things, the circumstances of the people God used in the miracles. Because until you learn to do that, you don't become a worker of miracle yourself. Do you understand what I just said? So as we're talking to leaders this morning, we want to go past the excitement of the story or the pain of the story. We want to see what are the things that actually worked the miracle. Because you are the ones that God says. You are the hands. You are the fingers. You are the ones by which God is touching the world. 
So while the Bible says that these things happened to them and were written down as examples for us, it simply means so that we also, as heads of salvation, we can do or not do what the things, what makes some, some other people to miss their blessing. But rather we can do the things that made them to achieve greatness, which is what I want to share with us this morning. But a few things quickly about this young prophet. A few things about them. The first thing I want to say about them is you could see harmony in their decision. You could see this young prophet, there was so much harmony. The Bible said the sons of the prophet said to Elisha, see now the place where we dwell with you. It's too small for us. There is harmony. And they said, let us go. You could see identity. There's so much you can pick out because many of you are very powerful Bible scholars in the house. You could see that they didn't think that, well, you know, this church that you are leading, they didn't think that, well, this team that you are in, they said, the place where we dwell, we dwell with us, this place, in order to experience a deeper and a supernatural impact. We must walk in harmony. We are on this mountain as leaders. And the first thing I want to challenge every one of us is, let us be together. Sitting together does not mean that we are together. I have learned that. I've learned that we can take communion together and we are poles apart. Don't ever take it for granted anymore. As a matter of fact, I have found that, that people can be on the same bed and they are not together. And then without wonder, why is it that God is not... The, the signs that we seek, we don't see them as, as we used to. Harmony is important in leadership. If a group of people come together and they are not that so much powerful, but they have a powerful decision, we are going to go for it. My dear friends, they will achieve much more than to put a people who think that we are all powerful people, but there is no agreement. There's so much we can do together. It will amaze you what we are losing by not being one sometimes in a team. So if it's going to turn to praise, it begins now with our joint decision to do things as one. What did I say? To do things as one. A marriage that is not one can't go far. A business that is not one can't do much. Oh, I want to go this way. You want to go that way. We cannot achieve anything. They said, we have to go together. The place where we dwell with you. Number two, they were personally involved in the process. It's one thing for you to say, we want to do it. It's a good idea to do it. I think the choir should sing this song. I think the ushers should do this. I think it's nice for the leaders to do this. But my question is, what part will you play? What will you play? It seems to me that there are more people who know how things should be done than those who are doing it. So much. 
I mean, when sometimes when you listen to people complain, you say, you know, you know all this. Why don't you just get involved? Do it. Hey, I will have done it. It's not time. So those who are doing it, you think they have more than 24 hours. If you want God to do great stuff in your life, then get involved. Your little contribution goes a long way. One of the things that blesses me so much and pains me at the same time is when I see many people putting hands together during our convention. Everybody rising up. Teams that you think, well, on paper, we were 15. But then on a weekly basis, we see only three or four. Convention, all the 15 will come out of the woods. Convention is over. We go back to three or four. What's going on? If we exist for convention time, there will be no church. What makes us a people is what we do week to week. As a Marafa, if I want to join the church, I won't assess you by your convention. I will come at your convention and then come four weeks later. That's called real inspection. Because that's how God works. It will come when you are not ready. Convention, you are ready. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, if your pastor only preaches his best message in convention, he has changed you. Convention, so he goes and pray and and fast, and then he's coming, and then he's sweating. Convention, okay. Convention is over. And then he said, what are we going to talk about today? Um, you know God is good though. Ah. You say, is this man for real? <laughs> so you see, the Bible says, this folk said, let us go. So please let us go to Jordan. Let every man. That's the word. Let what? Every man. Let every man take a beam from there. One of the things I really want to encourage us as churches, we must be a church where every man is doing something. Old and young. This is really a thing that is a thing more of a thing amongst we people of color. It is serious. You go to some other churches, Caucasian churches, no matter how old people are, they have a role they play in the church. You go to even their front desk, you see a woman of 70 something year old, she's the one answering the phones. She's retired. She comes in and she does that. You see folks who have retired as a police force or whatever, they are walking all over. They are heading the traffic on the transport section. Everybody puts their hand in something. They bring in their skills from their, from their career, their professions. They bring it to church. But what do we do? We have color. We are the peak of our career, but we do nothing because we are big guys. So we leave the guys who are looking for a job. Let them do it. Those ones, they don't have anything better. I remember I was talking to a young man one day. A young man. He just graduated and he got his first job. And he said, it's my job. He has time to go to gym. He has time to do everything. He's building muscle. I said, what is it you can do? Oh, I'm so busy. I said, okay. I need you to come and see me. He said, oh, he said uh, uh, what day? I said, okay, let's try this evening. Oh, that's my gym day. Okay, let's try this other day. Ah, I work late. Why is it that you can't have time to serve God? It's my work. Uh, I said, do you think people who are serving don't have a job? 
No, I didn't say that. I said, do you think the people are playing in that church who are ministering? They don't. I said, do you know the guy who plays a bass guitar? He said, I, I described the person to him. I said, that guy, he said, yes, your height, yes. I said, what job do you think he's looking for? He said, I don't know. So I told him the job right by your doors. He said, really? Funnily, he's looking for, he's hoping one day in his life he will get to that, that kind of level. He said, oh, really? His eyes pump up. I said, do you know the pastoral protocol that brought you into my office just now? He said, yeah, that guy. He mentioned, he said, okay, yes, yeah. He's the vice president in the bank. He said, oh, really? Sometimes people have a little breakthrough. And then they think they are the breakthrough. Are you following me now? What is the thing with us that makes us to become so big we can no longer serve? The Bible said, let every man go and take himself a beam. Everybody can do something. Everybody can do something. Both children, adults, we all are called by God to serve. That's where leadership starts from. Amen. I'm not even getting there. Let me just rush because my guest is around the corner. Number three is they value their inputs and the presence of the spiritual mentor. They value the input and the presence of the spiritual mentor. You know, this point is one that the generation we have today needs help. Because we have so many softwares that solve problems for us. We have so, many, we have so much knowledge to get things done. And we feel we don't need anybody's input. We think that we got it all covered. And what I've been saying to people for years is that the challenge this generation is facing is higher than that of your parents. I'm telling you. The reason why, let me just put it this way since I'm talking to mostly professionals here. The reason why startup salaries is much higher than anybody before your time is the problem you will face. You need more money than your parents. You can't afford to buy houses your parents bought. Are you following this? Socially, you are dealing with bigger problems. Now, spiritually, it will be higher too. Corona issue is an example. No, it, Sky News told us yesterday is the worst problem in a generation. Am I correct? We still don't know what's going on. So imagine a person who has taken God out of their own equation. You can't afford to live without God. So in the story, the Bible said, they, they said to the man, they said, no, we, we know we, we got it covered, but we cannot go without you. We're not asking you to cut a beam. We just need just, Baba, just sit over there. Just, we just need you. Just be there. The parents you ignored, you walked away from, you will need them. One day. I don't need you, dad. Please, before you come to my house, you need to give me notice, dad. Did you hear that? It's a hard for you to get that. Okay, dad will go back home. And I'm praying dad will not need you to survive. 
I tell my children this. I say I will never, never in my life pray for the day you will be feeding me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen. I'm not raising you to feed me. For me, the problem is when Okete grows up, it is the whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Well, what do you call Okete Sokwe? Help me out. Eh? Don't say bush rat. That, my friends, my posh friends won't like that. <laughs> Bella will not know what bush rat's all about. What is the thing? Bush rat. <laughs> Ah, that's the word. <laughs> okay, here, guys. I don't know. I'm wasting my own time here. Let's leave it. But there is a perception. And I think, I don't know. Where's Kakarile? Uh, you guys don't have the perception that people feel. When you grow up, then when adults grow up, they now begin to rely on their children. I don't pray for that. Because my Bible tells me that a righteous man leaves inheritance for his children, children. Do you get my point now? So I tell my children, I say, hey, all this stress I'm stressing, you should do your work, you should do your work. It's not for me. It's for yourself. And so when you put your parents in a corner and you feel, I don't need you because I got everything I need. I got my house. I got my house. I got my wife. I got my job. You got your, you're going to get me problem too. <laughs> And that's what happens in leadership. Because some people, the moment they feel they have an anointing to do something, they feel they don't need their fathers anymore. They don't need their fathers. So they talk to their fathers now like mates. You know, they talk like mates. You can't do that. Now, in your profession, there are people you see as mentors. Of course, they could be John, Jack, all that is cool. But you know better not to take them for granted. Even when you get their job, when your mentor, when you have to go for an interview and you go there, still honor them. That's what makes it different from those who don't know God. Always honor they know what Jack, I won't be here without you. Like, oh, no, 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 you're smarter than me. Oh, yeah. I remember when you used to train me, when you used to show me all the ropes here in this company. Let Jack know you always honor them. Because there is still something Jack knows. He has not yet taught you. <laughs> yes. Minister Sam is the duty shepherd today. He in, in his own village in China, where both of us came from, they have a proverb. A child may be as rich, 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 has clothes. He cannot be rich enough to have enough rags like his father. Okay, you didn't get it. You have, it's, a, it's a fact. If you have enough experience... To make money. There are things, there are loopholes that will make you lose it. That somebody ahead of you know that he has not yet taught you. That's where we talk about ministry. That is so important. So that's one of the things that will make this to turn to your praise. And that's what we are here to learn. Amen. But because of our time, let's just close this. In looking at one of the most important part of this story. What is interesting in this story is. Now they are building. Now they are serving. Now they are working. And every single day, you've been going out cutting the wood. You've cut today. You cut yesterday. Everybody is building. Now the marriage is going on. Now the business is going on. In an ordinary day, he was not meant to be. You went for a single strike. Boom! What you didn't expect, oh God. The axe head fell. 
my dear friends, every time you go out there, anything could happen, anything can happen. And when it happens, it will not warn you before. Your boiler doesn't warn you, I'm going to break down tomorrow. It's in the process of use. It's in the process of use. One of our brothers parked his cars in front of his house. That's the same place he parks it every single day. He goes to work, but bang, the car was hit. We are hoping it will be written off so he gets a new car. Because that's not his fault. That's how we get new things. That means he's investing in the kingdom of God. He's coming to praise for him. Right now he's driving a brand new car. And then they will change that to a permanent new car for him. Turn to praise. You put at the back of the car, sticker, turn to praise. <laughs> what I'm trying to say to you is in the process of serving, the axe head can fall. And when it falls, it's a painful process. Somebody can lose their job. Somebody can encounter something they didn't plan. That relationship can hit a rock. Something can occur to that career. That ministry, something can occur because you are serving. And when it serves, it's a, when it happens, it's a painful, painful thing. And what is so annoying about it is your own accent falls, but your colleagues are still working. It was your own accent that fell. And he looked right, the guy is busy. He's still cutting his own log. He looks left, the guy is busy, still cutting his own log. Who do I call? What do I do? My head is falling. That's the time he felt, let me call on my mentor. Let me call on my pastor. Let me call on my father. And he looks and he calls on Elisha. Elisha didn't blame him for the accent that fell. Elisha didn't make stories. All he asked him is, where did he fall? My dear friends, you should be able to answer some basic questions. Get involved in your process of restoration. That's what he asked him. Where did he fall? The Bible said, he pointed to the place. That's where he fell. What happened? Was it a dream that he fell? So when did you start bleeding? I don't know. I just know that I've been bleeding for some time. No. What happened? When did the query start in your office? When did they actually start querying you on this area? When you must be able to point to mind what happened. Why? Even if it's a ministry. The Bible says a man of God should know the state of his flock. When did the number start dropping? When did that thing occur? You must be able to say, when did your client start leaving? When did the bank start complaining about you? Or people who never wrote you letters before, now are calling you on a daily basis. When? When did your neighbor, a good neighbor, turn bad? You must be able to go back and think. When? This question of when is one of the things that leads to solution. Because unless we can crack when, whatever effort or solution we do, it's just temporary. Because it means it can happen again. Are you listening to me now? In the process of this uh, convention, please look out for the wanes and what to do with the wanes. When and where did they ask for? Where? Where? 
We can't blame the devil for everything. The devil needs something to hang itself on. So even if the witch is a wizard, how did they come in? Which door did I open that allowed the curse to come in? When I know the door, I know what to close. Sister Shola has some winged guests in our roof in the office. They all say, these are birds. We've never had birds in the roof of Concord House. Seagulls. I just don't know whether they're seagulls. But they're there. They're winged They're walking on our roof. I can tell you I knew when they came in. Because we never had them for over 10 years. It was during the wind that occurred in December, that storm. And something was blowing on our wall. I am sure Japheth opened a window for them. I am sure of that. So we have called on experts, Pastor Kunle, to come and give them. He has served, or hopefully will serve notice to quit. So we can have peace of mind. What am I saying in the midst of this humor? Is that every problem has an entry point. Every problem. Then the man of God took a stick. Isn't it interesting? He's going to solve a problem. And he chose a stick. And then he pointed a stick to the spot. You know why? Because remember, I just told us, there was a crisis in the ministry before now. And we can't take everything on the surface. We must understand when the devil hits in a particular way. We have to invent a way that the devil does not understand. What was the kill? Because the price was paid on the, on the tree. Jesus Christ died on the tree. He paid the price. His blood was shed on the tree. He, he died on the cross of Calvary. And my dear friends, when the price was paid on the tree and the gift that God has given to you dropped off, we need the, the finished price. The cause that Christ paid on the tree to, to actually solve the problem. He was bruised for you on the tree. Amen. The Bible said he pointed the tree to the spots. And the axe that was, you know, what's so annoying? You see the axe head dropping. He was going away. You know, have you seen something dropping into water and you are trying to reach out for it? You know, he's trying to, he was dropping down there. Ladies and gentlemen, let's receive the gift of God. Reverend Stephen. Pastor Jane Mensah. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. The Bible said, the ark said, when he fell, then he threw the, he, he, he stretched the stick to the water. And the ark air that was at the bottom, what was meant to be a sad news turned to joy. The Bible said, the Bible said, I love the way he put it in King James Version. He said, the iron did swim. Iron developed wings and swam. 
and he swam and he came up. He floated from the bottom of the sea. I see everything that the devil has taken away from you. Coming back up in the name of Jesus. Gifts that have become dull in your life. I see them coming back up. Oh, am I talking to somebody this morning? I see the hand of God stretch out unto you. Stretch out unto your opportunity. Stretch out unto the thing that God has given to you. He's coming back up in the name of Jesus. The axe head swam. How do you explain an iron swimming to a stick? If not for the anointing of God. What will turn your joy? What will turn your situation to joy? My dear friends, it won't just be because, oh, I got a car. I got a house. I see the anointing of God. That which is able to remove the yoke, break, break the yoke and remove the burden is coming upon you in this meeting in the name of Jesus. Under their own glaze, they could see it like this. And the iron came up. What is also so amazing about what God wants to do is that you will witness it yourself. You will see the process of a turnaround. What left you and you couldn't reach it is coming back to you and you can reach it. You know when it got up because of my time, then the man of God said to him, he said, I, I love the way he put it. He said unto him, what did he say here? He said, straight forth. He said, pick it up yourself. Pick it up yourself. The man of God could have done it. But he said, know what? I want you to understand that what God is doing here, it needs your involvement. Pick it up yourself. Somebody is picking up their own miracle. You are picking up your healing. You are picking up your joy. You are picking up your, your relationship. What has left you is coming back to you. You are picking up your ministry. In the name of Jesus, your leadership skill has gone out. You are picking it up. I said you are picking it up. In the mighty name of Jesus. Pick it up yourself. He said, pick it up yourself. And that was so amazing. He stretched out his hand and he picked up his own baby. He picked up his own gifts. He picked up his own business. He stretched out and he picked it up. Because as you pick it up, you will show it to the church. I got my testimony. I got my business back. I got my career back. I got my gift back. Am I talking to you this morning? He picked it up. He picked it up. Because he was the one who cried that it has left me. He said, alas, he was borrowed. But now he can say, Father, I thank you. It was a pain for the time being, but it has turned to my joy. It has turned to my joy. That is what this meeting is all about, friends. Because I see God turning around things. Turning around situations. Turning around circumstances in the name of Jesus. Rise up on your feet. Begin to, begin to pray and thank the name of the Lord for what God is about to do. Rise up and begin to thank God for what he's about to do. Can I have the choir getting ready as well? Come and turn around for what God is about to do. A fresh unction, fresh grace coming upon you. Come and thank God for what was lost but is coming back. What was lost, but it's coming back. What was lost, is coming back. I see it coming back. I see it coming back. I see it coming back. Supernaturally, it's coming back. Supernaturally. It is coming back. We give him praise. We give him praise. We give him praise. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. For every word has gone forth this morning. Thank you for everyone who has heard this word. Lord, things have been lost. Joy that's lost. Opportunity that is lost. Leadership skills. Cutting edge leadership skills that have been lost. Father, you are turning it around. Thank you, Lord, because it's a new day. New opportunity. And as hands are stretched out, Lord, we pick up our miracles. It has turned to joy. Wherever remains, Lord, Father, we pray as we go into this next phase of this meeting. Pour out your oil in such an abundant way. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. If you'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message, please do call us on plus 44 208-597-3110 or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk. May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again.